0: on CityCast Madison. One of the country's biggest banks, Silicon Valley Bank, failed last week. And by the week's end, the Fed's promised to rescue its customers. Pretty quick Hail Mary, right? But who cares if you're not a tech investor? Well, the collapse did impact local companies. And the startup scene is changing the way we live. You're probably listening on an app right now, one funded by Startup Money. Local tech leader, entrepreneur, and former city alder Scott Resnick brings us up to speed on how Madison tech companies fared. It's Tuesday, March 21st. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Scott,
1: hello. Hi, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing really well. so it it's been a roller coaster of a week for a lot of startups this past week. Did your company use Silicon Valley Bank?
1: We do not use Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, so fortunately enough, we were not among the entrepreneurs who saw uh, or had their bank accounts frozen over the course of a weekend. Uh, we did not have to suffer through that experience.
0: And do you know any Madison companies or Madison area companies who did?
1: Absolutely. There are companies in Madison, throughout Wisconsin, you know, throughout the country that were using Silicon Valley Bank. And it's products that you and I both think about and know about. Uh, There's others that just happen to be services that we use. So payroll providers, uh, benefits account managers, that new cool startups uh, that happen to have their funds with Silicon Valley Bank. And because of that, you know, really worried about being able to pay their vendors uh, or their, their employees uh, the following Monday. Now, the reality is the Fed swooped in. Uh, they essentially did exactly what the federal, the Feds have done for the last 20 to 30 years, uh, were able to come in, uh, unlock deposits essentially the following Monday. And just like any during any other bank crash, we're able to take the bank into receivership and then uh, essentially unlock the funds for those remaining customers.
0: Did I see something about Generator Eight was impacted?
1: So generator. Yeah, yeah so ge- generator yeah, I'm so sorry. I
0: said it said that.
1: Generator I know the, the the eight is in there, <laughs> in their in their title. My uh, brain I spe- just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I spent years doing the same thing that you did uh, just right there. But no generator is a tech accelerator and incubator in this in Wisconsin and actually now with offices throughout the country, uh, they have well over a hundred employees and they were a customer of Silicon Valley Bank. So they were uh, not only their own portfolio companies, you know many of them banking, but then also their corporation as an entity. And there were many venture funds. Both here, uh, well, really here in the region and around the country, that found themselves in the same predicament.
0: I'm seeing it's it's a bank failure like as bad as looking back to 2008. Like this is very serious.
1: It is serious, and to understand what happened to Silicon Valley Bank, I think there's sort of two things that are interesting here. One why were entrepreneurs at Silicon Valley Bank to begin with? Uh, You know, I think that's something that gets missed in this narrative. Silicon Valley Bank serviced entrepreneurs. So, uh, just think if you're Bianca you have a brand new startup idea you have a new uh, iterative way to work on podcasting and you went to your local bank and I'll just think through what who your local banker is this person let's put them in their 60s or 70s maybe look closer to your father than your brother you walk into that bank and they're like wow this is great you are a startup you're running the economy you're like you're fostering economic development we love that as a bank but what's a podcast? What you end up running into is just banks not knowing how to deal with risk or how to really work with entrepreneurs. And this is where Silicon Valley Bank really captured the market. Uh, Wisconsin has gotten better in its banking community, but there's still many different founders that turn to Silicon Valley Bank because of all those unique uh, needs that startups have that they seem to have a grasp on.
0: Yeah. And, and that bank, like specifically, you know, they were have geared themselves to be a space for entrepreneurs and for innovation. Like they want to be funding innovation. And there's a lot, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot to be. Yeah,
1: they do. But there's a lot of risk associated to it. Now, the reason why the bank run occurred and then the subsequent failure, by the way, had nothing to do with the fact that they were servicing entrepreneurs. The combination of some poor uh, now in 2020 you know now with 2020 hindsight some poor fiscal management as well as certain deregulations that occurred in in 2018 so those were the two reasons why the bank failed um, and, and the reality is probably no bank in the country would have been able to survive the kind of run that Silicon Valley experienced on Thursday and Friday so you know sometimes you have to de- you know detach the part of like, oh, this is a cool startup bank to be like, oh, this is just a traditional regional bank that happens to serve startups in all of this. But it's still a scary thought when you can't unlock your funds uh, and you have to make payroll in the morning.
0: Yeah, well, I want to dive into some of the stuff that you said, but I just want to hear first, like, can you take me through your week? Like, when did you first get concerned? Tell, Tell us the story.
1: Yeah, so it would have been I I sort of heard rumblings through a a group called Y Combinator. Uh, They're probably the platinum uh, tech tech accelerator. They're based out of the Bay Area, but we have had Madison-based companies go through Y Combinator. Uh, That Wednesday night was the first time where the founder of Y Combinator sort of sent out the memo, and as it was described to me, it was... uh, run don't walk to your bank and take out your money so that caused by Thursday just a cascading effect of you know these what i will say is high potential you know top startups each one of their founders trying to pull out their money as fast as possible and the beauty of twitter or maybe the scary part of it is that word got spread quickly By Thursday night, you had folks trying to open up brand new banks and and diffuse some of that risk and wire money over as fast as possible. By Friday morning, your wire either went through or it just sort of the circular, you know, like motion of death of your like wire pending is my money out. And then over the weekend wondering, did my money actually land in my new bank account?
0: Right. And this is a lot of money, right? Because the majority of people who are banking at Silicon Valley Bank would not be covered under the FDIC, like $250,000. We'll give you your, like, these are people with a lot invested.
1: Correct. Correct. And I'll say it's a range. You have startups that may have just had their first angel check of $500,000 that they're hoping is going to last them for the next year to 18 months. You know, that's among your folks who are not covered by FDIC. You also on the flip side have companies that have hundreds of millions of dollars that are running multi-million dollar payrolls with thousands of employees. They're panicking the same exact way as that younger startup. So you actually had this interesting moment where everyone was panicking together, all wondering like is our money out and safe. Now The reality is there are some amazing folks at the U.S. Treasury Department and at FDIC that work on bank runs. They train for this. They've been training for their entire careers to jump into a bank when one fails and to sort of do the paperwork to ensure by the way, when that bank reopens, all of their patrons are safe and covered. That occurred over the weekend. I can empathize with folks who are panicking. It's one thing like I'm reading a government memo that says everything will be all right and then everything was all right. It's because they have some amazing public servants who are actually doing their jobs at an incredible rate and doing it well.
0: Shout out to the public servants. They don't get a lot of, they don't get a lot of love, but we are people hardworking people in the government.
1: I do love some folks on Twitter, some big names in entrepreneurship that were like taking credit for stepping up in leadership. Uh, during this time of crisis. And I'm like, oh, no, it was all these government employees, nameless, faceless individuals who worked over the weekend while you were rage tweeting, and your rage tweets did absolutely nothing. Um, I keep most of those opinions to myself, but uh, now I'm, I'm sharing them with you.
0: What was the impact locally, would you say?
1: What I will say is the impact locally actually was pretty minimal. It was a reminder that we should diversify where we put our funds. And we do have some amazing uh, local banks here in town that we're actually calling as well, saying, is there any startup that's running into fun- in- into issues? We would be happy to extend lines of credit and be able to help out wherever we can. So um, even local banks realized and recognized that this is a, a banking issue writ large, and we have improved in Madison to make a much better banking system than we had 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, For your fictional startup, uh, Bianca, there's now a local bank that could be able to receive that and that may have not been the case 10 to 15 years ago.
0: I do want to dig into this a little bit because what I need to understand is the uniqueness of the Silicon Valley Bank. You know, this is kind of what's got all of the attention. But you were saying, you know, this could have happened every, anywhere. Any startup has risk. That Kind of that's what you're pointing out, right? The Bianca podcast incubator <laughs> has some risk. Um, but can you unpack that a little bit? But like wh- how you, you can feel confident saying that this bank, it could have happened anywhere. It's not the fact that they are specifically investing in tech.
1: Bank runs do occur. And, and this isn't the first bank run that's been experienced in the U.S. economy. And, and this won't be the last. Um, it, We're seeing the same exact thing if you open up and look at Credit Suisse right now. And you see that in the news and say, oh, Credit Suisse, w- what is this? Oh, there's a very large bank that is being sold at essentially pennies or dimes on the dollar right now behind the scenes not all of the bank runs that we hear make the national news and you know it's a tech bank so everyone is on twitter a tech company so you can see how certain messages do get amplified over others that being said i don't want to quote it incorrectly but it was you know one of the top 20 largest banks in the country so they uh, in the terms of deposits so it wasn't a trivial bank either by by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Right. So it's a part of it's a part of the banking system. It just happens to have a lot of funds.
1: And a lot of companies that you know. Like if I asked you the same question, Chase Bank, who's baking at Chase Bank? What large brands? And you're like, I, I don't know. Who's at US Bank versus BMO? We don't necessarily know, but there's a large, like the economy is so large and companies do place their money somewhere. So it's sometimes really hard to, you know, actually like, oh, there's a lot that's going on here. And, and really, this could happen at other banks in the future, you know, in the, in the future. And and likely the scenarios it will versus that it won't, it just is a question when and do we have great. Folks in government that are trying to step in to say we will protect you as a as a consumer when it does occur.
0: Do a lot of Madison tech companies have funds above that two hundred fifty thousand dollar FDIC limit at um, one bank?
1: Yes. Um, we not, we all can't be as, have the foresight as Giannis. Uh, we don't. Uh, Giannis, who. The great
0: Giannis. The, the,
1: the great Giannis, Wisconsin hero, uh, who has experienced so many bank runs in the past being from his Greek descendants, you know, uh, he has seen what happens when a banking system fails. So as, as you shared uh, last week, he has actually diversified into 72 separate banks uh, his money so that he will never experience one banking collapse. I will say prior to this time, almost every company that I spoke to had their money at one bank. And in some ways, like It makes it easier if you're dealing with one bank to do your payroll uh, or (laughs) you're like it it would be, um, you know, you can change around the numbers. But just imagine if you had to go talk to three or four banks because you're trying to figure out credit limits or other opportunities for capital or debt. It makes it easy to have one banking relationship, but then really scary if that one bank fails.
0: Right. And I mean, this is a great time to talk solutions, I'm sure everyone's kind of thinking, well, how can we protect ourselves moving forward? Like, what, what could we do better just to, if this is just um, kind of endemic in the banking system right now? Like, what's the mood right now in the tech community after all this?
1: You know, we had a, a fairly large tech event on thir- uh, last week, Thursday. So we had a lot of folks gathering and like, there was, I, I would say, there's, there was quite a bit of caution. There was quite a bit of skepticism. You know, this impacts many other lines that have secondary and tertiary effects well beyond tech for many of these Madison businesses. You know, you asked how many Madison businesses have more than 250 k just lying around in their bank account. And when you read in the headlines, you know, investor invests $10 million into X, Y, and Z company they have to put that money somewhere. And sometimes it comes in tranches of like $5 million at a time. Sometimes you just open your bank account and there's $10 million. So there's protections in place. But you are going to start seeing folks get more sophisticated in their funds, more sophisticated where they put their money, and essentially how various dollars are released. You know, that level of sophistication, I think, we just sort of have taken for granted. and I think certainly that over the next 10 to 15 years that's going to occur. I will just say this could have been like an existential threat for tech. like you would have seen all tech come to a halt in the United States. If all of a sudden an investor gave a company a hundred million dollars to go invest to grow to become the next um, you know pick your fa- the next Etsy or the next Shopify, and now that money is all lost. Yeah, you would have seen some really poor effects for like the innovation economy.
0: Yeah, and we can't stand to do that. <laughs> I also I I have to say when you said, you know, a uh, bank account and having 10 million drop in there just all at once, I thought what a day that would be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, like it's really exciting when we also hear of a Madison-based company trying to to do something cool and innovative. Like I, I'm just randomly going to pick out a few, but like Redox, for example, is trying to figure out how patients can get their uh, medical records better out of Epic and into new innovative companies and solutions. Um, you have uh, uh, under you know, understory weather, who's trying to understand how weather patterns work to better accurately and predict uh, hail and other damaging events. Like these are really cool company, yeah, really cool scientifically breaking companies. And yeah, someone invested eight figures to like go on and prosper. and then that money was I am not saying that either of them were or in Silicon Valley Bank or that they were not. But that money essentially being frozen can be a scary thing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan personally in investing in uh, research and innovation and, and progress. It just made me think about when, when we're going to land on the moon, but like you know, taking us to the next steps of of human endeavor.
1: Space technology is cool. I think I get I, I I get annoyed with everyone else when you hear the answer of like, oh, there's a new app that will deliver cupcakes to your house, and I'm like. <laughs> the importance sort of apps or we could be like trying to solve poverty or address the education or do so many other things that technology enables us to do
0: right curing cancer well, so we need this money, right? So we need this money. What? Let's talk about solutions. Like what we just saw, like the government did come and and, and is um, you know securing all those who put deposits in. Like people will be made whole. Um, but what do you think needs to happen to prevent another collapse like this? Is it regulation?
1: A piece of it is certainly regulation, and. To take a step back, like there are folks who are regulators who focus on the banking industry every single day to ensure these types of events have lower risks associated with it. When you do hear that we're deregulating certain industries, sometimes that can unlock innovation, but also times that adds new additional risk associated. You know, there's some folks who like really do applaud deregulation. There may be a place for that. We want to have more competition. We want to have sometimes more cheaper prices. There's other times to understand. It also may contribute to a bank run that destroys the American economy. So, keeping that in mind during some of these some of these types of uh, events is worthwhile.
0: You have to keep that in balance. So, some leaders in Wisconsin, like Tom Still of the Tech Council and Missy Hughes of the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, um, arguing that we need more local money for tech companies. Just what we were talking about. So, our, our tech companies don't have to try to get all their money from Silicon Valley. Uh, do you agree?
1: The reality is, and we can see research, is most, particularly at the earliest stages, folks want to be able to invest locally. So uh, there's a sort of a, a golden range of like 125 miles. It sort of includes Chicago, but not as far as St. Louis. So investors want to be able, particularly on the early stage, to say, I want to meet with you. Bianca has a new podcasting tool. Uh, I want to be able to meet with her regularly and help her grow her her startup. So when it comes to early stage local capital, it's one of those things that we really don't have enough of in Madison or Milwaukee. Uh, we can see our peer states in Michigan, Illinois, uh, Minnesota, all punching sort of above their weight class. They're really accelerating their tech startup and scenes and bringing new innovations to market, where in Wisconsin, many founders are still struggling to get not that even $10 million check They just want 50K to see, does this idea work? And this is where the governor has stepped in. He proposed this in his last budget and is proposing in his current budget, which is uh, additional dollars to support those entrepreneurs. There are other provisions in that, which we'll see if they can get through the legislature trying to say... Let's make sure underrepresented entrepreneurs have a bigger piece of that pie, particularly for state dollars. There's another provision in there to make sure that it's geographically focused. Uh, it's actually much easier to, no surprise, easier to raise money in Madison than it is in Wasau or Green Bay. And we should be able to ensure that everyone has access to capital. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is saying, if you have a business, no matter who you are, your gender, your skin color, whoever you represent, you should be able to have access to the same capital um, no matter what your geography is. It's not going to catch us up to Silicon Valley and some of like, the access. We all, like even in tech, we just like roll our eyes when we see the founder of WeWork has a new company that no one understands and he has $50 million overnight. We're not always that blessed in that way or have those resources to our advantage. But this is one way to to level the playing field and hopefully create a return uh, that the state of Wisconsin taxpayers get to
0: profit from.
1: Profit and prosper with.
0: Live long and prosper. Well, Scott, thank you so much. Lots to think about and we will definitely be turning to you again soon. So thanks for joining us on CityCast Madison.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That's Scott Resnick, COO and co founder of Hardened Design and Development and former Madison Alder. Do you work in tech? What do you think needs to happen to grow the tech scene in Madison? Leave us a voicemail at 608 318 3367. That's 608 318 3367. Or you can email us at madisoncitycast.fm. <laughs> here's what else Madison's talking about. Lawsuits. Remember the 2020 election? How could we forget? 10 Wisconsin Republicans are being sued for attempting to give Wisconsin's electoral college votes to Donald Trump. The lawsuit alleges that Republicans and their attorneys broke multiple laws, including counterfeiting public records, defrauding the public, and engaging in conspiracy. And here's the latest. Those defendants are now asking to have their case split up and to have separate trials in the counties where they live instead of here in Dane County. The lawyer, however, who brought the case forward says the case is much larger than election law, that through signing the documents, those folks are implicated in the January 6th insurrection. So we'll see what happens there. And here's a call out for everyone. We've got free tickets to the Wisconsin Film Festival, and we want to give them to you. So we're opening a contest. That's right, a little trivia question for you. Who's on the top of the Wisconsin State Capitol building? And I mean the very top. Of course, it's a golden lady, but what's at the tippy top? Email us the answer, and if you're one of the first three to answer correctly, we'll mail you a pair of tickets. That email again is madison at citycast.fm. Don't forget, what's on the top of her head? Do not send us a message that says the golden lady. We know. (laughs) (laughs) that's all for today here on CityCast Madison I'm Bianca Martin if you enjoyed the show why not tell your friend who's got a brilliant app idea or the one that hyper invested in cryptocurrency about us we'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city until then if you want to create an app that sends uh, cupcakes to my house I'm totally here for it I also like snickerdoodle cookies.